Hello and welcome to another episode of Stream Wars, our thought leader series, where we learn from industry experts about the latest trends and challenges from across the convergent TV space. Hosted by Michael Beach. This week, we continue our conversation with Troy Young, the former global head of Hearst Magazines. Troy and I talk about the implications of Web3 and blockchain and the role of content in every facet of our lives. Please enjoy part two of my conversation with Troy Young. Uh, I love the video you put. Uh, I definitely want to leave some time for, for Web3 and crypto, but I love this video you posted from 1995 showing someone talk about the internet. And, uh, you know... This is weird, right? I mean, it's really strange. It's wild. I mean, I, it, two things. I think, you know, we, we caught up in New York last fall and, and kind of talking about Web3, which yeah, my, my immediate take was like, I really got to get up to speed fast on this. Um, and then that video of just where you might think we're in the cycle, right? Like we're, you know, you read about all the time. You think that this thing is, is pretty evolved, but you look back on where the internet was 1995 versus today. And it just changes your whole perspective. My God. I mean, th there's two things going on there. One is, you know, early stages of a technology. The other is, you know, cultural, like it's just strange to look back always at how much things change in terms of how we dress and talk and, you know, the quality of, 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 of media itself. But anyway, I mean, I would look at it. There's just so many things that have happened over those years. I mean, you think that the internet was first this kind of basic communication system, right? And, and that was cool. It was like modern ham radio. You know, there's this great, I think that, that it was a best of, and I'll highlight it if for people that are listening, there's, there's, you know, another interesting media phenomenon, by the way, which is companies becoming media companies in, in really legit ways, like A16, who's a publisher, and venture capital company. Anyway, there was one, I think they posted it two weeks ago or last week, which was a, a conversation between Chris Dixon and this guy whose name is skipping me, who wrote the book, How the Internet Happened. And I think it was a repost from a while back, but it's wonderful nonetheless. And it's really about, you know, the evolution of, of you know, all the technologies and personalities and systems that, that, that uh, make up the Internet. So I'd really encourage people. It's also an audio book if you want to listen to it. It's fascinating. Having said that, you know, there's these layers which you have this kind of communication system. And then it's like a publishing system at its most basic kind of like, you know, blogging and the predecessors of blogging. And then it's kind of an advanced communication network, right? That takes into consideration a, 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 a kind of interconnected set of, of relationships. That's like social networking. And then it becomes like a service system where you can do your banking and investing and, you know, lots of stuff that you would have had to go and visit someone to do in the past. And there was a lot of middlemen and stuff involved in it. And then it became a shopping system, right? Where you could buy shit. And what's most bizarre and disruptive about this time is all of those things existed um, in many ways independent of a financial system, a native financial system to the medium, right? Like that's not to say that you couldn't make a credit card purchase, but like when a digital asset is something that has, you know, value when everything is um, you can trade anything at any time when everything is essentially tokenized. So we, we have a, you know, it has a value and there's a native currency to all of this. It really is mind bending 
do. Like I, I, I um, in, 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 in every way, whether you're looking at, you know, the process of buying a home in New York city and how you might re reimagine that, uh, if you've ever gone through it, it's horrible and how you might reimagine it, you know, when, when I could literally move some tokens on the blockchain and take ownership of a deed to, you know, the inefficiencies in the insurance market, which is obviously colossally inefficient. Just look at how many Geico and progressive ads you see on television, which is a sure sign of its inefficiency. Um, and to, you know, the fractionalization of anything and everything to tying that into voting systems to it putting pressure on how we think about the unit of organization that is the modern corporation like it's just insane how much uh you know, you know how broad uh uh the you know the, the implications of uh, of of crypto and blockchain uh, will be to to the economy and the ground zero of it. It is that little thing that was the internet, right? And now has become this, you know, kind of broad infrastructure for everything we do, from communications to transactions now to to the valuation of of time to the management of uh, of stakeholders in an organization. So this one is wild, I think. And I remember thinking in like I was running an internet services company as a young person in like 2000 and, you know, we were, we were doing early commerce stuff and, you know, basically bringing brands onto the internet for the first time. And we were talking what at the time was like crazy talk that you would be able to buy groceries or, you know, get anything you want, you know, brought to your home. And there were things like Cosmo and, burgeoning you know kind of online retail things and at the time it was just like you know crazy and exciting and felt kind of um like the, you know the world's really changing a lot and i would say this is more more profound i think it's i think what we're going through now is there's going to be ups and downs um uh, because the fact that it is totally financialized is going to mean there's tons of fraud and shillers and all, you know, grifters and whatever word you want to use. But um, when you talk to, I'm always reminded, Michael, when you talk to, I talked to a young consultant the other day at McKinsey. And I mean, who is like intensely kind of, uh, um, you know, web three literate. And for that group of people, this is kind of, it's the, the mission is evangelical uh, because it's really tied into a generation's desire to kind of reshape the world. And these are people that grew up native to all these technologies and to gaming and to these communication formats. And so, um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. And I, and I hope that the pressure it puts on the world helps us develop a little more harmony because it feels a little, a little challenging right now. Yeah. Definitely not a, uh, not a good time on that front. Um, what areas, I mean, to me, I, I loved your early 2000 example because it feels like in the you know, 99, 2000, you had a group of people that all they wanted to talk about was stock prices, you know, 
you see who IPO, did you see this? And then you were talking to people that were infrastructure and what the internet could do. And when the bubble burst kind of that initial group of people just stopped talking about the internet for a couple of years. Uh, and I kind of feel that way about crypto that you got people that just talk about the speculative part of block of, uh, um, Bitcoin and everything. And then, you know, I talked to you about all the impacts that technology can have on society. I feel it's just so similar today where I'm, I'm not having the same conversation with two people. Yeah. Um, I think, I think there's, there's a lot of similarities. Um, and, and I worry that a lot of people get left behind, to be honest. And I think the role of, I mean, over time, concepts always get kind of, uh, you know, brought into the kind of mesh of how we think and work and like, and you see that happening, you know, with, with how the, the internet just became part of popular culture and how we think about things. And the same with streaming, like we absorb these, but like, I would say that the conceptual density of of crypto is is really um advantages highly highly technical people and 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 i think it's really important that we bring along a lot of people as as we we move through this time of change and it doesn't just become kind of a tech bro situation so i think that's really important for next generation media companies that are you know, helping people understand what this means and, and, and that we go through it in a way where we're really cautious of the externalities and, and the kind of unforeseen consequences on the kind of society that we're creating. You know, there's a good story. <clears throat> Vitalik is a really thoughtful young man and I kind of admire him. And, you know, he's the creator of Ethereum. And um, there's a really good cover story in Time Magazine this month that I would recommend people read. It just came out today, I think. And uh, it's really about him and his evolution and how he thinks about what's going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. We'll link to that. Well, kind of put yeah. your investor hat on kind of in this area. You know, what companies are you most excited about? Like what problems are they solving? Yeah, you know, I'm excited about a lot of things. I, I, I uh, And I do invest in stuff and I advise companies and you know, work with, with, with private equity investors and stuff. I, you know, there's, there's a whole range that I'm interested in. Like I love broken companies and it's one of the reasons I like private equity because you can take something that's, you know, where there's just not the right alignment and, um, and the right intensity and you can turn, you know, you can, you can create value really quickly. So, so I like things like that, but in terms of the, looking you know looking forward I, I would say that i don't know how would i sum this up you know i think that the whole world in some way is kind of downstream of content now and so c content plays a really important role in in everything from you know how we figure out how we entertain ourselves how we communicate how we buy things and so um, you know, that obviously that's where I spent most of my career and, and I'm really interested in, in, you know, next generation content and what it means to other parts of the economy. But so as an investor, I'm interested in, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in still to this day in niche media, for an example, you know, I invested in this company, young company started by a Stanford drug researcher, PhD, it's called drug hunter. 
And it's really focused on helping early stage drug researchers, uh, you know, do their job more effectively and connect to one another. So it's kind of community and media together. What's interesting, I think, and I wrote about this this week, is the kind of vernacular of social media is changing how the form of media. You see, you know, things like liquidity that were kind of like a broy, you know, spoofy Instagram account now becoming legitimate media. And they have, you know, a newsletter now called Execsum, which is, you know, quite a bit more serious. But like, I love... I love people that are both, you know, really thoughtful about how media is changing and how the kind of texture and flavor and feel of it changes. And I love vertical media because you can under you can put experts against, you know, a specific needs of a community. And so, so I'm interested in that. I'm working with a company called Medallion, which is helping. We just raised raised money, and it's helping artists build better connection with audiences, music in particular. And so it's using the blockchain to tokenize communities to create more effective ways to manage fans, fandom, and and to monetize them. So I'm into that. Um, I I overall I'm I'm interested in content that just has a higher kind of like, a, I don't know, higher, lower signal to noise, right? Meaning, like, I'm, I'm interested in what I think is a shift from page use to list. Page use are what we are obsessed with in my world, right? And that drove everything, the number of impressions, the amount of affiliate revenue, subscription potential, all that. And what I really like now are businesses that have really valuable, influential lists of people that really care about the content that's being created. And that's what we've talked about you know, in this podcast, which is the creator economy and all that. I'm also super interested in the connection between transactions and content. And so, you know, I like companies like Food 52 and I, I have a bunch of friends at the churning group. And so I talk to them a lot about stuff like this. I'm really uh, involved in a company called Milk Street, which is uh, kind of food meets commerce meets uh you know ip which they make a video then they they make television shows but you know underneath of it all is a is a specialty food store focused on global flavors so it's got a great mission in that it you know it's about bringing the world closer through food and um and it's you know founded by this legendary food guy named chris kimball who did america's test kitchen and and you know like that i love the guys at huckberry who have you know taken it's amazing, right? Like they built a really big business reinventing, you know, lifestyle uh, merchandising and retail for, for young men. And they never opened a single store. I mean, it's pretty crazy. And it's like a real legit big business now. And, you know, they have a lot of house brands and they, they make their own stuff. And it's, so I'm, I'm interested in, in, in that kind of stuff, but all of it at its base uh, is about valuable connections between you know, in, in between content, people, and 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 in products um, that are born of you know r- really kind of imaginative imaginative thinking and cultural connection, and that's that's what that's what I love. So, um, you know, I spend a lot of time looking for <clears throat> sort of hacks in the system, which are like how do you build audience quickly, and how do you hack you know, your relationship with a Google or Facebook and how do you build better platforms to do that? 
I would say as I've gotten a little older, I'm more interested in the kind of thing at the base of all that, which is how good is the stuff and the content you're making. I love it. Well, let me get you uh, out of here on two questions. Can we ask our whole audience? Uh, we're sitting here a year from now. What's one prediction you feel strongly about that you think that uh, nobody's talking about? Well, I mean, come on, dude. The, that's like the question you ask when you run out of questions. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to have you back on uh, a year from now, so this will be a test. Well, Okay, here's here's a thought for you. I mean, listen, there's more than enough to 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 you know to pontificate around when you talk about the metaverse and creator economy and NFTs and streaming wars and super apps and all that's an audio. I mean, there's so much, right? So we got enough, but it strikes me that how do I put this? That the the very nature of truth is under siege, and uh, we're losing an ability as a society to know what to believe. And this isn't a right or a left thing. It's about living in a mediated world or a virtual world. And it's sometimes really hard to know what to believe. And in a virtual world, you know, uh, not knowing, you know, the line between truth and fiction in some ways doesn't matter that much because it just merges kind of with narrative and it's the stories we tell one another and people don't die, right? And when you start to, when the line between what's real and not real starts to have consequences when people are suffering and it's life and death, it means a lot, right? And so, I would like to believe that we have a better mechanism to authenticate the truth. And the mechanisms that we have as our reality has been effectively virtualized and we spend all of our time getting information from the screen, you know, truth is, is, has kind of suffered in that shift. Mm -hmm. And so I'm interested in mechanisms that help us understand what's true and it's especially important when there's human consequence. So, so that's the first. And I mean, that's the first and the last. That, so I, if we come back and there's progress on that right on. Um, you know, there's tons of things that maybe people don't talk about enough. I, I think one, one little throwaway one would be that the nature of something that I've been exposed to a bit, that the nature of advertising holding companies, which were these enormous structures that were created around aggregating up companies, putting them on earnouts, and you know, mapping together multiple agencies and global networks to serve big brands. I think that time is ending, and I think you're going to see radical change there, where they look more like platform business and platform businesses and expert networks, and uh, and uh, the the process of deploying you know, a piece of creative against a brand through a global agency network, um, you know, depend, dependent on expensive creative and these vast kind of systems of human beings buying media. I think that's changing a lot right now. And that doesn't get as much attention as like, you know, the change in social networking and stuff like that. But I expect change there.
so we'll see what happens, Michael. Excellent. Well, last one here. Uh, I got 80 other questions I could ask you, but uh, what, you know, we mentioned a couple of things, which why the show notes, but you know, what should we be reading? You know, who do you recommend, uh, especially in the web three crypto area? Well, there's a ton there. Um, but w- one thing I would say that I'm encountering myself as I become a aspiring little newsletter writer is I suck at this meaning like let's put what we consume like I need to consume stuff and I need to do it way more efficiently than I'm doing and you kind of do it you can put it in categories right you got kind of legacy news like you read the FT or the Wall Street Journal or New York Times you've got podcasts which are great and personal and super informative but they take a lot of time you got newsletters you got you know video you got all the live stuff reddit twitter discord and i think that that what i would advise people is try to think about a system to get through that stuff as quickly as possible right and I've been thinking about like, how do I structure my morning when I get out of bed? What's my like quick hits? And then what do I follow it up with? And what do I want to have a little bit extra time? So thinking about how you process what it amounts to being an overwhelming amount of information, um, I think is really important. And some people will like to just say, well, I'll get it all through Twitter. Some people, you know, spend a lot of time in their email boxes. Some, you know, like some people have a commute and they do podcasting and stuff. But I think thinking about how you structure what you receive is really important. If you're interested in Web3, you know, there's a whole bunch. There's one that someone sent me that I, that I don't spend a lot of time on called Milk something or other. You probably read it, Michael. Milk, uh, it's, a, it's a Substack thing, I think. Um, you know, there's Decrypt and The Block and, and, and Bankless. And there's, I've, been, I've been looking a lot at all the providers of, uh, of uh, the, the kind of new up-and-comers inside of crypto media. There, there's a whole bunch there. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not the, uh, you, you, I'm not the best person to ask. All right. Well, I just we think got, you got plenty. I think even just post chart better in the, uh, the system, yeah. the system matters. Yeah. yeah. I'm crazy. I still, uh, use a Twitter list and go, I mean, it's about a hundred people that I feel like I got to read every day and I go, you know, I hit it two or three times a day and go start to finish. Uh, obviously I, I do the algorithm a little bit, but, uh, I'm, Hope they don't take that away anytime soon. I'm still dependent on it. I don't even do that. I should do that. You just hit your list, right? Yeah, so I've got I just kind of go on to it. You know, in the kind of media entertainment, I've just got a uh, kind of set a constraint on how many people can be in it, uh, and I make sure that I read that every day, and and so I go chronologically through it so I don't miss anything. But it, it's maybe I'll, you could send me your list. Yeah. I bet that would be useful yeah, if you a, wanted to. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't taken it away yet because they've just tried to drive so many people to the algorithmic feed. But Yeah. All right, my man. Thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, this has been great. And I appreciate right, so what great you do, Michael. It's always great to see you. Yeah. All right. Well, thank Thanks. you very much. All right. All right. Take it easy. Have a good weekend. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Screen Wars. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. You can find out more about Cross Screen Media at crossscreenmedia.com. Please don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, State of the Screens. You can find us on social media at Cross Screen Media. Join us next time for more insights and analysis straight from the experts.